Good morning. Can you guys hear me okay? I'm certainly not used to wearing one of these. I kind of feel like a ball coach, which is good because I'm a sports fan. Um, I'm just thankful for the opportunity to be with you guys today. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about myself, and then we'll get into it. Um, I do use the iPad. I, Brandon told me you guys had this thing, so uh, normally I'll hide behind the uh, podium there at home, but I kind of like being on the same level as you guys down here. So anyways, my name is Jeremy Cantrell uh, from Elk City, Oklahoma, born and raised. Uh, I am the youth pastor there at Antioch Christian Church. Uh, there's a few familiar faces here from camp. Um, I've been on staff over at Antioch for almost a year now. Uh, came on in September uh, alongside Jeff McDowell. Many of you know him. And I'm just very happy uh, to, to be involved. Um, had been much like Jim, had been volunteering with the youth group over there for three or four years, uh, my wife and I. So just there's a little bit about me. Um, married, um, wife's Devin, and she is not here. We have two kids, Cooper and Charlie. Cooper's six. Uh, spit an image of me, unfortunate for him. And Charlie is a little blonde haired, blue eyed, uh, just turned three. And uh, love them to death, but easier to let them go to church there. Uh, we start VBS tonight, so the church is all done up. Um, so that's where they're at this morning. I did, I was blessed. My mother is, was in Oklahoma City visiting a friend and decided to stop by and keep an eye on me this morning. Uh, so I've got her with me. Uh, when I come in this morning, uh, was welcomed. I appreciate that. I figured it would be best if I sat on the first, you know, row or two. That way, I knew I wasn't taking any of you guys a seat. So um, <laughs> that's a joke. <laughs> there will be more of those. Yeah, I kind of jo I joked with Brandon a little bit when he asked me if I, if I come share with you guys because uh, this isn't my normal thing. Uh, I don't do a lot of preaching. Um, you know, talk with the youth group. It's a little different when you have teenagers staring back at you, but. Uh, very willing, very excited, you know, for the opportunity to come share uh, with a church family that I'm not used to, uh, just to kind of get pushed outside my comfort zone a little bit. I do talk with my hands a lot, and I say the word, um, so I apologize now. Uh, but Brandon, you know, he joked with me about, you know, he, he expected a big revival while he was gone, you know, and for you guys to just be on fire. And I kind of flipped that on him and said, you guys will likely need a revival after listening to me. So... Um, <laughs> Anyways, uh, I work full-time for a gas company there in Elk City. Uh, I do environmental air compliance, which is probably about the most boring job title you could have. Uh, my company's good to me, though. I work with great people uh, part-time at the church. Um, so I'm a busy guy, but I like it that way. I like to stay busy. Uh, huge sports fan. You're going to find that out this morning. Uh, Big-time Chicago Cubs fan, so it's been a great year. Uh, Sooners fan. Wife went to OSU, so, you know, we're not really house divided. I just, at this point in life, I'm just happy to see them both succeed. Uh, big time Thunder fan. So, um, if you want to get to know me, let's talk sports after this. Um, but what I want to talk to you guys about this morning um, is something that's it's near and dear to me uh, because I believe that as the body of Christ, we each play a role. Um, you've probably heard messages similar to this. Um, you know, I listened in to Brandon's message last week. And, you know, he talked, I think you guys were finishing up uh, maybe a little mini-series about Samson and, you know, talking about wasted talent. And I was like, man, that, that really goes along with what I want to talk about. And then he got to telling me where you guys are headed in the weeks to come. I was like, okay, God's good because I really feel like mine fits right there in the middle. So um, here we go. 
the first thing you know I want to bring you guys attention is is this kind of the title of the message some of you may have seen it on Facebook but it's the fact that we all have a platform um, and when I say that I mean we all have a platform for how we share the love of Jesus with others right um, but I think first the first thing we want to do is we kind of look at what a platform is because the word platform has very you know a bunch of meanings it's not just you know what it is I mean this right behind me this is a platform um, the stage is kind of something that you would stand you know, up on so that uh, an audience can see you or hear you. Um, I'll put some examples up here on the, uh, the screen of some different types of platforms, uh, just to have a little bit of fun. So the first one, we will not dip any further than the fact that, yes, there are political platforms. Um, you know, maybe it's the, uh, uh, just the opinion or the policy for which uh, a political party stands. Um, then the, ne the one next to it, it's kind of little, it's hard to see, it's a diving platform. So like the high dive, you know, we all get the fever every four years during the Summer Olympics, and that's kind of the one time we see a high dive like that. But that's a diving platform. Um, of course, uh, you see Facebook and, and uh, Twitter and all the different social media uh, platforms. Uh, right now, that's a pretty hot one. We all use it. Um, social media has kind of become this thing we can't live without. Um, you know, there's some other platforms. The, the one on the bottom left is kind of like the stage, you know, just a raised surface. Uh, then, you know, you got the uh, platform shoes. I won't ask for a show of hands as to who has a pair of those in their closet. Um, <laughs> there's one in every group. And then the last one there, you know, uh, that's an offshore uh, drilling rig. But, you know, drilling rig something we're pretty familiar with around here. They have a platform. Um, so these are all types of platforms. And they're all uh, pretty viable uh, types of platforms. But the one I want to talk about today is, is our platform for God. I believe that we have one. Um, each one of us in this room, uh, there's a certain way that, that, that we are to go out and share with the world outside of these walls our platform, you know, what, how it is that we reach. Um, so First uh, Peter 4.10, and, and I'll say this, I don't have my Bible up here. I actually really, really like looking up Scripture. There's, to me, there's just something to be said about having it in your hands, uh, and I realize I'm kind of doing the, al the alternative here with the iPad. Uh, that's to keep me from thumbing through pages and, and wasting time with you guys. But um, we're going to kind of skip around in Scripture today. There's not really one body of text that I'm going to refer to. We're just going to—it's kind of hit and miss, all, revol all revolving around this topic. But First uh, Peter uh, chapter four, verse ten it says, "Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms." Um, you see, to me, that's exactly what our platform is right there. Um, it's our talent sometimes, uh, you know, like the musicians uh, who led us this morning. Uh, sometimes maybe it's, uh, it's just your method or your position, just the way that you reach people. Um, that's, our, that's what our platform is. Um, so I told you I'm a sports guy. Um, I actually had a short video clip, and because I'm not that advanced in technology, it, it did not uh, send over right. So I'm going to try to tell you guys, does anybody know uh, is anybody in here like an NFL fan, football fan? So Derek Carr um, is the quarterback for the Oakland Raiders. He, uh, so Derek Carr, this, this will be, I believe, his um, going into his third or maybe fourth season. Uh, he's a second-round pick by the Raiders back in 2014. Um, started from day one. I mean, he was thrown in the fire. The Raiders, you go, if anybody follows pro sports, the Raiders have been really bad for a really long time. Uh, so they needed a QB. Um, so they threw Derek Carr into the fire, uh, started from day one of his rookie season. Uh, now he's now a two-time pro bowler, and 
uh, if you guys follow closely at all, uh, the Raiders went to the playoffs last year, first time since, uh, I believe, 2002. Um, unfortunately, he had a, an injury that held him out of the playoff game, and, and their, their playoff lives were pretty short-lived. But uh, Derek Carr recently signed a huge contract. They said it's the biggest contract for an NFL quarterback in the history of the NFL, which we all know with pro sports, the, the contracts just keep bigger and bigger. Um, we're pretty familiar with it around here because we're waiting on a, a certain guy to sign in Oklahoma City. But he, he signs this contract, five years, $125 million. $125 million. Set for life, right? This is where I was going to play a video of the press conference. They always have a press conference following these big contracts. Uh, they set Derek Carr down, and, and they start asking him questions. You know, he's, he's available to the media, and they ask him, what are you going to do with all this money? You've got all this money. He's been playing on this rookie contract for so long. Uh, and they do not make, NFL players do not make that much on their rookie contract. So five years, $125 million, they ask him, what are you going to do with all this money? He says, well, you know, I think I'll probably buy my wife something nice, first and foremost, and I'm going to get some Chick-fil-A. <laughs> he's, a, he's a good guy right there, you know that, because Chick-fil-A, you know, pretty good stuff. Um, Anyway, he says, I'm going to get my wife something nice. probably going to buy some Chick-fil-A because his trainer had, been, had him on a pretty tight uh, a meal plan. And he says, no, in all seriousness, the thing that excites me most about this money is the people that it's going to help. Um, he said, I'm going to give to my church the same way that I've been giving to my church uh, since I was in college on a $700 a month budget. And, you know, I'm just really excited. It's not my money. He, he didn't even call it his money. He said, I, what I'm excited about is, is the people that this money is going to help. So I did a little, you know, I watched that and I was like, wow, this is a guy that gets it. You know, this is a guy that's using that platform. He's in front of all of the national media, just signed this huge contract, and here he is talking about tithing to his church. Um, it's pretty incredible. Um, I relate to it because I love sports. I know some of you don't, but um, that's just a way, that's just an example of somebody in the spotlight using their platform. Um, I, I did a little looking, and, and Derek Carr is actually very active uh, with several different ministries and missions teams, and, and Haiti is, is very near and dear to him. So it's pretty cool, pretty good read if you, if you ever just want to uh, look up some videos or read about someone that gets it. Um, it's it's kind of refreshing to see these professional athletes that, that do kind of step up and, and profess their faith and kind of let you know where they're at. So um, that's a guy that gets it, right? I mean, he's, he's using his platform. So the question is, you know, how do we – because we're not NFL quarterbacks, and I don't think anybody in here probably makes $25 million a year. Um, if you do, we should talk after service. I've got some ideas uh, what we could do with it. But the thing is, is as Christians and as normal, uh, you know, just everyday people who aren't uh, famous quarterbacks, some of us struggle out to figure out what our struggle to figure out what our platform is. Um, you know, a lot of excuses come into play. Uh, I know I've been there. I'm still there at times. Uh, but we're human. You know, we use these excuses of, well, I, I can't help lead worship because I can't sing. I don't have a good voice. Um, or maybe stage fright creeps in. Um, maybe uh, you're just not a good speaker. You know, I don't talk to people. Um, you know, maybe it's just that, you know, you're not good with kids, so that's why you don't jump into uh, the children's ministry. Um, things of that nature, you know. Maybe if your gift is, uh, maybe you think your platform can't be tithing because, you know, you don't make a ton of money. 
Um, all these little things. A lot of times the main one that comes to mind is why, why we don't jump in and use what God's given us is we're just too busy. We're such a busy society. There's always something going on. You know, I just told you I'm a busy person. Um, so, you know, we use all these excuses why we don't use our platform, why we don't even, like, kind of step out there and let God use us. Um, and, you know, a lot of these excuses just kind of boil down to, you know, I'm too busy or I'm just not talented enough in the long run. You know, somebody else is going to have to do it. So I realize we're right at the end of July, beginning of August. The weather is incredible right now compared to what we've had. Um, but I'm going to talk about snow just to kind of help us cool down a little. Um, I was thinking about platforms and how unique we are, how different we are. And, you know, so I got to look and I've always heard that, you ever heard the saying, like, no two snowflakes are alike? I wanted to see if that was true or not. So, of course, I did where we find truth, right? I looked up on the Internet. Um, so I went to Google and found out some facts about snowflakes. So I'm sure I've got your attention now. Um, each individual snowflake, did you, did you know that each individual snowflake is actually made up of 10 quintillion molecules? So I'm not going to go all science nerd on you here because I'm not one. That's about as far as I go. But to put that in perspective, I've put it up here on the screen, 10 quintillion, that's a lot of zeros. Um, 10 to the 18th power, if you want to look at it that way. So our platform for God is just about as unique as that snowflake, in my mind anyways. We're all different. He created us different. He tells us that. Um, he, our, the body of Christ needs each, each one of us. So uh, to kind of go a little further on 10 quintillion, because I don't think it's really hard to wrap your mind around that number. If I were to ask... Uh, my buddy Jim Lambert here to count to 10 quintillion and we're going to give him a little bit of an advantage so we're going to let him instead of counting in seconds we're going to count in milliseconds which the equivalent there is a thousand milliseconds make up one second so and this like I said I found this on Google so it may not be entirely true but it says it would take him 317 million years to count to 10 quintillion that's how unique we are uh, we're the same way uh, Romans chapter 12 verse 6 through 8 says, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy accordance with your faith. If it is serving, if it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. And if it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. You have it right there. We've each been given gifts. He tells us that. So if you're not using it, then you're just being negligent. You're just, you know, you're just kind of putting up those excuses, putting up a front. Um, so something I would say to you guys um, is for those of you who are struggling to kind of figure out what your niche is, you know, how you can get plugged in uh, to the body of Christ, how you can help uh, First Christian Church of Hinton reach your community, um, I would just say I know where you're at. I've been there. Um, I was there not too long ago. Um, luckily, I had... Uh, good Christian parents who raised me in church, and I was uh, I came to know Jesus at a young age. Um, but as most people do, you know, I went through teenage and college years, and you know, kind of did this roller coaster on again, off again uh, ride with Jesus, um, due to my part, of course. But you know, I found myself just a matter of you know five or six years ago when we had our first kid. Um, you know, it all starts to make sense at that point. Life changes when you have kids; your whole perspective changes. Um, but I found myself there at Antioch. My wife and I had, had made Antioch home, uh, but we were just kind of coming on Sundays, you know. We are just showing up, um, doing our thing. We'd write our check each week, and, you know, that was just kind of the extent of it. We weren't involved. Um, 
was trying to find out where it was we needed to get plugged in. Uh, and finally, um, you know, God just has a crazy way of working sometimes. You know, we had a music's a big thing to me. I, re- I love worship. Um, I just love listening to music. It's such a good, uh, it's just, it doesn't matter what mood you're in. If you listen, it seems like if you turn on some good music, like you're instantly, you know, just feel uplifted. But it's, the way it happened is um, we had an a cappella service there at church. And for me, that was a new thing because I was raised in a Baptist church. Piano, piano and organ every week, you know, same way at Antioch. Um, there's always instruments, right? Nothing against singing songs without instruments because that's sometimes the most beautiful uh, worship and, and praise to our God. But we had an a cappella service, and it just hit me because I'd had a guitar since I was 15, and at this point I was 30 years old. Um, never played the guitar in front of anybody but myself. I, I mean, not even my wife. That's how scared I was to get up in front of people. Um, but on the way home from church that day, I told her, I said, you know, this may sound crazy because um, I know it is. It's very far-fetched, but I think God's telling me to pick up that guitar and just start playing it because I knew how to play half the songs we already did in church, but I was just scared to do it. Um, so maybe the same way, maybe just a little scared. Um, that's okay. I think that's natural. That's, that's We're human. Um, but, you know, Proverbs chapter 3 uh, Five through six says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He'll make your path straight." You see, I I picked up the guitar. Um, it was shaky. You know, we had a we had a praise band. Basically, what happens? We had a praise band with no acoustic guitar, and it's hard to have a. You know, you got your bass, your drums, your your keyboard, and your singers, and the the acoustics kind of what ties it all together. You know, it's kind of the lead. Um, I went on to play worship there at Antioch uh, most weeks. I, I, would, I led worship for about two, three years uh, until luckily we had someone who was willing to step in. I kind of got a break from it. Still do it from time to time. Love playing my guitar, uh, but my, my passion is, is students, you know, youth ministry. I'd, I, I kind of got to the point in life where I needed to pick one thing and try to be as good at it as I could. So um, we, we've all got that, uh, that fear uh, that creeps in whenever we, we think, you know, maybe we finally figured out what it is we want to jump into or maybe volunteer. So um, I just say to you, don't be afraid. You know, let go. Don't try to do the planning yourself. Um, don't sit there and hold back. You know, let go. Uh, you ever heard the phrase, let go and let God? Uh, I think there's a lot of truth to that. You know, let go of what your plans are and, and just trust in his plans. Just trust. Just step out there in faith and and just you'll be blown away at how, how much you're blessed by it. Um, I was kind of think, thinking about examples in the Bible of <clears throat> where we had somebody who, you know, was, was afraid, um, who just kind of stepped out there, and automatically Peter comes to mind, right? You know, we're, we're right after the time where Jesus fed the, the 5,000, give or take, depending on where you read. Um, and, you know, so he sends his disciples on across the Sea of Galilee, tells them to wait on him. You know, he goes up on the, the mountainside to pray. He wants some time alone. Um, and then you know, as the story goes, they get caught up in this windstorm, um, and then Jesus comes back across the water to them, and they think he's a ghost. You know, they're afraid. Uh, naturally, I think we all would probably be a little shook up. Um, but the Bible tells us as, as a morning approached, when Jesus uh, began to walk on the water towards them, you know, and they thought he's a ghost. And that's kind of where we pick up in, in text in Matthew chapter 14, uh, verse 28, 29. It says, Lord, if it's you, said Peter, tell me to come on the water course Jesus said come and Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus perfect example of what happens when you step out in faith 
keep your eyes on Jesus and just put it in his hands. You're going to do things that you just never thought you could do before. Um, we're all in that situation at times. You know, we all find ourselves just like Peter, afraid to step out, afraid to just, you know, to say, to sign up to go serve in the nursery, afraid to, to just go on a youth trip with Jim, uh, rightfully so, but it's not that bad, really. They're pretty fun. Um, but all these times, you know, we, we just make up these excuses, you know, um, excuse after excuse after excuse for why we can't step out and be used uh, to further the kingdom of Christ. Um, quite, quite bluntly, it's just time to stop making excuses. Um, it's time to stop making excuses and just get involved. Find something. Sign up. Give it a week. Give it two weeks. If it's not your thing, at least you tried. You know, move on to something different. Um, Jeremiah, I told you we're going to skip around in Scripture. Jeremiah 29.11, it's up here on the screen. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. See, God, I mean, God's not just going to leave you out to dry. If you step out there uh, with the right attitude and just give it to him, trust him, he's got you. I mean, it's just that simple. He's got you. Um, he's going to do great things. Um, so there's, that kind of covers those of us that are, are making all the excuses or just not getting involved, you know, not using our platform. Um, see, some of you in here know exactly what your platform is, and you're using it. That's awesome. <clears throat> so it, it's pretty simple. Um, to those of you that are, are, are serving, that are, that are involved, um, I praise you. Um, it takes all of us, and that's awesome. But my question for you guys would be, how are you using that platform to influence the people around you? Um, if you did a poll, I bet you if I ask, if I would have stood back at the back and ask as uh, you guys come in, if I just ask you a simple yes or no question, if you, if I th if you thought you were an influen influential person, most of you probably would have said no. Uh, most people don't think of themselves as influential. Um, I've got news for you. We all have influence. Uh, whether it's, it can be good or bad, big or small, uh, whether you're old or young, it doesn't matter. We all influence the world around us. Um, kind of like we did with platform, I like to look at, I'm kind of a geek, I guess I geek out on this stuff, I like to look at definitions of things, because sometimes when you just go to the, straight to the, the meaning of things, it changes things. Um, and before we read this uh, slide, I, I think it's important to know what influence is not, um, because a lot of times, especially as the body of Christ, we kind of get it uh, a little bit um, skewed. Influence isn't a position or authority within the church. Um, it's not wealth. Uh, it's not fame, like our, our buddy Derek Carr, the quarterback. I mean, yes, those things have influence on you because you see them, um, but that's not what influence is. Influence is a smile. Uh, when you see someone that, you know, you can just tell, you see when the look's on someone's face, and a smile just changes everything. Influence is uh, just conversation that you have with people. Um, influence could be the music you listen to, uh, teenagers especially. Um, Influence is it's just your attitude, the way you carry yourself. Um, parents, I, I saw a lot of the young children in here, which is awesome. I love that in a church when you see uh, the younger generation. Um, parents, you have much more influence than you ever, you know, ever give yourself credit for. Um, social media is a big one. You know, like we talked about a while ago, um, it's where everything's at now. It's on Facebook. I mean, whether you're on Facebook or not, that's like where our world communicates now. Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, all these things that are probably confusing a lot of you. 
Um, social media is a, a huge influential thing. Um, I like to, uh, I like visuals. Um, so when I think of influence, I think of, uh, I think of it like a muscle, right? So um, the thing about muscles is what happens whenever they're stretched and they get used. What happens when you go to the gym and get a good workout in, you stretch those muscles, use them up. They grow. That's how muscles grow. You stretch them, you tear them slightly, then you give them rest, and they grow. See, our influence is the same way. Um, the more we allow God to use us, uh, to stretch us out, um, to push us out of our comfort zone, the more our influence grows. Uh, me standing here in front of you guys is probably about the best example I can give you of being pushed out of your comfort zone, of being stretched. Um, but a little secret, when you pray about something and you ask God uh, to provide, a lot of times he's listening. So for about the last nine months, I've been asking God, push me out of my comfort zone, you know, use me. I realize I'm busy. I'm a, I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I've got two jobs now. I have a youth group I'm responsible for, but just use me in ways that I don't see uh, in the big picture. And this is an example. So um, let God use you. Um, let him, let him help you grow. Uh, get plugged in. You know, find you a place to serve. And, and ask. If you don't know, um, maybe if you don't know what's going on around here, ask somebody that's involved. Ask them, hey, where can I be used? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of new to this, um, but I'm willing. That's, that's the thing that matters. You're willing. The Bible, uh, the Bible gives us a, a couple of really good metaphors, and I'm going to talk about one of them in the New Testament, um, of how Christians should be influencing the world around us um, and you guys have all heard the scripture it's Matthew chapter 5 uh, this is the first part of it in verse 13 it says you are the salt of the earth but if the salt loses its saltiness how can it be made salty again it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot um, of course the, the other metaphor in there you read the rest of the text talks about how we're the light of the world um, salt once again I went to the, uh, the Wikipedia on the Googler because uh, I'm I'm a nerd, and I like to look things up and because I don't have the answers. Salt is essential for life. Do you guys know that? It's a basic human taste. In fact, um, many ancient civilizations uh, and, like, uh, communities were built up in places where salt was very easily accessed or traded. Um, they would build these places around places where they could get access to salt. That's how, that's how important salt is. Um, in fact, a lot of times in ancient, in, in ancient times, people were paid in salt. Uh, I did not know that until I did some reading. Um, the Latin word for salary, not celery, the vegetable, but salary, which celery is really gross, by the way. Salary is salt. The Latin word for salary is actually salt. So if you remember anything that I say today, at least you learned that. Um, but why is salt so important? Um, it seasons and preserves things. First of all, we use it, we put it on our food because it makes it taste better. Um, in the right uh, amounts, it's actually kind of healthy in the right amounts. Uh, salt can be used for healing purposes. You know, there's all these things um, salt's used for. And as Christians, we're much like salt. I mean, the Bible tells us that we're the salt of the earth. Um, but we're unique. 
we're distinctive. We've talked about that, just like salt is. Um, we're supposed to be distinctive from the world around us. Um, like salt, if we lose our saltiness, if we kind of start to stray away from God, uh, that relationship starts to stumble. We're not giving him the time. Um, we're kind of like salt. We, use our salt or we lose our saltiness. And, and we know right here, because it says it, uh, that you know, once we lose our saltiness, that we're no longer good for anything. Um, to me, the key there is, is to not lose our saltiness. To um, we've got to realize how influential we are to the world around us, and, and stay close to God. In every in every part of our life, we need to be spending time with Him. Uh, open up your Bible outside of Sunday morning. Um, if you use the app. You know, the Bible app, I think, is a great thing. I use it when I'm on the go a lot of times. There's all kinds of devotionals. You pick, you type in a word or a topic, and it's right there. There's 20 different choices. Uh, spend time with them. You know, listen to the right music. Um, just realize all these little things you do that influences those around you. Um, because when we allow our hearts and our minds uh, and our actions to start compromising to the world around us, then we start losing our saltiness. Um, we're kind of getting close to the end here. Uh, last, last example um, I have for you guys, because you think about influence. Uh, personally, when I think about influence, and we, we think sometimes our influence doesn't matter, at 211 degrees, 211, um, water is just hot, right? But what happens when you go up to 212 degrees? That's right. It does. It boils. So the difference in one degree makes water, hot water boiling water. And see, when water boils, what does it produce? Anybody know? Steam. That's right. And the last time I checked, um, steam is very useful for some very powerful things, uh, such as powering locomotives, um, electricity. So think about that. When you think your influence is just too small to matter, the difference in one degree makes hot water boiling water, which produces steam. Um, yeah, this... It's crazy how God works. I think um, going forward, you guys are going to kind of jump into the Great Commission a little bit. I actually already had it in my text. Uh, Matthew 28, 19, it says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. How are you using your platform? We all have one. How are you using it to influence those around you? Are you doing what the text says? Um, are you going... We're not, uh, we're not called to save the world. That's already been done um, by a man who hung on the cross for our sins. We're not called to save the world just to make a difference. Um.